And I said, what about Christmas at Tiffany's? He said, I think I remember that episode. And as I recall, I think you'd really kind of like it. And I said, well, that's something to do. Happy Christmas! Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now an unknown number of days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another stocking stuffer edition of Christmas Creeps. This week on the episode, joining me is my lovely host, Joseph Wade. How are you, sir? Hey, 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 I'm doing fine. How you doing, Brad? Doing well, and I am Bradford, your gracious co-host. This week we are continuing on our path of terror known as anime, and we are looking at a little ditty from 1978, uh, aired on December 25th, 1978. In fact, it is part of the Lupin the Third Red Jacket series, that is the second series, an episode titled... Christmas at Tiffany's, a.k.a. Christmas is in the hands of the goddess, which is the original unlocalized title. Right. So, I I foisted upon this, I I, I sprung this upon you (laughs) with very little warning. Uh, Had you, how familiar familiar are you with uh, Lupin and his friends, Joe Wade? Uh... Brad, you have been telling me about this for, I feel like, close to 10 years, and this is the first time I've seen any of it. Have you, you, so you have not seen the, the Miyazaki movie that I he did not. of Lupin. I it's had a, not, no. I might have to, I might have to give you a Brad education, because it is, it is a delight. That's Maybe actually so. one of my favorite Miyazaki movies, even if it's not an original Miyazaki property. Actually, um, uh, as we're recording this, uh, you know, great minds think alike. Uh, our our friends over at the Spool, uh, Clint Worthington, just just dropped an entire review of that film, uh, Castle of Cagliostro, and we'll put that in the show notes. I'll let y'all go take a look at that because they're doing Miyazaki Month over on the Spool, and so uh, yeah, great, like I said, great minds think alike. Yes, um, great. So for the uninitiated, I for, will I for will me. For for Joe, I will make it very quick and give him the same summary, basically, that I gave him right before I sent him the link to this episode. Um, by the by, if you want to watch this episode, it is available for free on Crunchyroll with, uh, with ads. So Specifically, uh, the same ad for migraine medication five times in a row, which ironically gave me a migraine while watching it. So that's great. Oops. oops but now I know what to do. And I accidentally left my ad blocker on, so um, sorry, cr- sorry, Crunchyroll, so- sorry, sorry, um, sorry, not sorry, sorry, not sorry is more like it. Anyways, Lupin is an international thief, uh, world renowned, who is constantly being chased by a detective known as Zenigata, who is always trying to catch him. Sort of a cat and mouse game, and he is often joined on his his misadventures uh lupin is often joined on his misadventures by his friends jigen who is an alcoholic crack shot and goemon who is he has hanzo steel and he's able to cut buildings in a single slice and that is not an exaggeration and also sort of his perpetual love interest slash frenemy uh fujiko mine 
who is very present in this episode as well. And that is pretty much all you need to know about Lupin the Third. Uh, Lupin has been a constant presence, yeah, constant presence in anime since his inception. There have been, I believe, five or six television series. Uh, there was a recent one that just came out; it was pretty good. Uh, and also of note, his creator, Monkey Punch, author by the by the pseudonym Monkey Punch, just recently passed away within like the last month. So, oh um, wow, yeah, pour one out. Thanks. So a uh, little bit, little bit timely, but. Uh, this is the first Lupin the Third Christmas episode, as we mentioned, aired on Christmas Day. All right. So. Uh, did you say what year this came out? I forget. 78. 78. All right. So. And does it look it? It is, it is very much like old school anime sensibilities going on in here. Yeah. This, this actually is more kind of in tune with uh, sort of the animation that I'm used to watching, mostly because I'm used to watching, a, or as a kid, we grew up with a lots, lots of cartoons from the 80s, and so many of those were farmed out to Asian uh, production studios like uh, your Ghostbusters, your Thundercats, your Ninja Turtles, all that stuff looks kind of just like Lupin the Third. Absolutely, and it's great that you mentioned that because a lot, uh, like a lot of those shows that we were familiar with kids in the, the 80s and the 90s, this show has very little continuity, very little in the way of continuity. At least the mm-hmm. first four series of Lupin the Third are very much episodic in nature, which is why I was comfortable dropping you in at episode sixty-four of this series. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you can... it's uh, not not like our last episode where you know I could have conceivably watched the entire season in in uh, two hours. This is dropping me into the deep end, as it were. Yes, but it's a very shallow deep end, as it were, because. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it like that. But yeah, you're you're right. It's it's very easy to to get a get a handle on. Yeah, every everything's pretty self contained and and tied up in a pretty nicely in a bow every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with the structure of Lupin stories, it is pretty much a uh, heist of the week format, and it usually finds uh, Lupin and his buddies, uh, bros being dudes, having to steal something or some some MacGuffin. And that's pretty much the plot of most of the episodes. Or, you know, sometimes they'll have to do a rescue mission. And, um, yeah, Lupin is usually very much seen as sort of this this Robin Hood figure, you know, thief with a heart of gold, also sort of a perv kind of <laughs> deal. Um, but so, okay, so in this episode, um, I mean, it's, it's fairly straightforward, actually. Like, Lupin and his gang are, are hanging out in uh, New York City for Christmas, on their Christmas vacation, basically. Mm-hmm. And they are approached by the owner of the Tiffany's uh, jewelry store, world famous Tiff, the Tiffany's. Like, I, I didn't realize this was going to be the Tiffany's, the New York City. Like, yeah, yeah, watching this, but like, there it is. But they're approached by uh, Maggie, who owns Tiffany's and is also like a local TV personality, and she wants them to rob the store so that she can broadcast it on live TV on midnight on Christmas Eve. Yes. She's got a multicam setup, and she's rip raring to go. And she, uh, Lupin and and Jigen at least are staying in, uh, you know this this rundown motel on what appears to be the anime nineteen seventies New York equivalent of Skid Row, the skiddiest um, of Skid Rows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so she puts them up in you know the nicest hotel in New York and offers them a briefcase full of full of money and gives them a blank check and says, if you rob from our store, 
uh, you know, I will, you can write whatever amount you want on that check. And, and Lupin's not having it because nobody, you can't control Lupin. He decides when he wants to steal from somebody. So, you know, this immediately puts off Lupin. Uh, however, in the process, uh, Maggie Tiffany does uh, piss off Fujiko by uh, insulting her uh, quite a lot. And so Fujiko, of course, sets a plan into motion, as she often does, by um, overspending and then basically ro- uh, roping Lupin into stealing from the store, uh, much to his own chagrin. Mm. Uh, so he comes he comes up with it. And we also have a slight aside where Lupin and Jigen fly to Panama for the day and encounter <laughs> Gepobi, who is a Panamanian inventor who invented the lightsaber. Yes, yes and that <laughs> lightsaber from that Star Wars. And because he forgot to patent it, he is now a poor uh, a fisherman in Panama. Yes, but the the most plot relevant part of this, I, I was I was sincerely hoping, I knew this probably wasn't going to be the case that that was just a one off, and he wasn't going to show up again in the entire episode where they're like, oh, we have some footage from a different episode. Well, just, <laughs> just throw that in there. Some other thing going on. Why not? <laughs> Uh, but no, he does reappear later in the episode. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, or, or rather, he sort of seeds the um, the means of the heist by showing them his other piece of technology. Yes, which, which is, is a is... an electrical fishing rod. It just basically sends out a golden lasso to yeah. whatever, and then it's... you reel it back in. <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman's lasso of truth, but you're using it on fish, and they don't tell you anything. Yes, and it also comes out of the end of a, a Tommy gun, or not a Tommy gun, yeah, spear but like gun. an AK-47 or a yeah, spear gun. It's like a spear gun that shoots light. <laughs> yep, so that's all very well and good. That's great. Um, So, uh, Fujiko buys a dog and a Rolls Royce and a bunch of jewelry, and uh, the, thing she, the thing is, she wants to show up Maggie Tiffany after Maggie Tiffany basically suggested that she could be part of you know the maid staff or whatever so she does so by by you know roping lupin back into this heist and lupin of course his main weakness in life is is fujiko uh you know he's the late fujiko is the lady that he can never get and that makes her infinitely more desirable to him um and zenigata is there as well because zenigata is always there and he's always wanting to capture Lupin. So Zenigata is in on the whole uh, the whole sort of pr- TV program. Uh, but reveals to Lupin that it's kind of hard to steal from this place. Because there are lasers everywhere and floor sensors everywhere. But of course, like life, Lupin always finds a way. Absolutely. You, you may, it kind of made me wonder if, how, how much they were being set up here. Because like to, to be offered... You know, basically a million dollars to steal from somebody who is asking you to steal from them is like that. That immediately sets off like red flags. Like, all right, what's really going on here? Yeah, and, and yeah, I, don't know. I I think Lu- the main reason that Lupin rejects it is because it's basically it's kind of like a wrestling sort of thing where it's like kayfabe, where it's like you're gonna steal from me, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're gonna return all the jewels afterwards. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, and then Zenigata is there, so it's like, what's the point? And and Jigen says as much at one point where he's like, we're just going to be turned into the cops exactly of the security. But uh, again, um, come back around on it, and uh, they get roped back into this heist, and then also Goemon shows up apropos of nothing, which is kind of Goemon's thing. 
usually doesn't show up in the first half of the episode, but is always down for a heist. So, mm. <clears throat> I, I I must say, I when I was watching this episode, I kept you in mind, and they do a pretty good job of reintroducing all of the characters within 30 seconds of you seeing them by saying their name. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that, but also it didn't help a whole lot because I did not retain hardly any names. It's uh, it's okay. It's, supposed, it's more a, a me problem and less a show problem. Yes. I, I just was not invested in... Uh, that sounds bad. I'm not going to say that. No, it it is very much a show. Like, I, I love the Lupin series, but it is very much like episodes kind of all well, blend together and there's not a whole lot of investment because of this sort of heist of the week format. Like... Yeah. Well, They're entertaining, I, I was, but not particularly memorable. Right. Well, I was what I was trying to say was like I was I I knew we were under a, a time constraint here, so I didn't want to stop the show every twenty seconds to take notes. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, um, I I took some notes, so it's all right. That's cool. You're, uh, you're, you're my guide here. That's that's what that's what uh, anime is all about. Is Brad leading the show, leading the way? I am. I am your spirit guide now. Brad is my this. Virgil through this descent into the animation <laughs> underworld. <laughs> Drink this. You may vomit. Lay down, and I'll see you in twelve hours. <laughs> so uh, we have all of our our heist formula in place, and Lupin finds out that the subway runs underneath Tiffany's, and this is just as ridiculous as it sounds. So we, it's, it's, we get... it's told to us in a in a, a very fun sort of clever nod to the uh, I guess the film Seven Year Itch, the famous uh, scene where Marilyn Monroe's dress goes flying up as she's walking over a grate. Yes, yeah. And say what you want about Lupin, but it is very much like a, a pastiche of popular culture, even in a single episode. Yeah, we have, like, it's... Tiffany's, we have Star Wars, we have Marilyn Monroe. It's like, it's all there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty great. I like that. It, it's kind of fun. Um, so, where was I? And, of course, with the localizers bringing in the breakfast at Tiffany's. Sure. As well, with the localized name. Anyways, um... They find out the subway is running underneath Tiffany's, and they we see them doing some sort of vague setup, and then it comes, you know, then comes the night of the heist, uh, with some really great jazzy jingle bells music or whatever it was. Maybe it wasn't jingle bells. <laughs> I I did find myself really enjoying the music in this uh, in this episode. It's Lupin really has good. Some, has some great music. Like there's always some great like jazz running in the background. So mm-hmm. great jazz um, music. Yes, so the heist begins, and they essentially put a, they have a line run to the front of the Tiffany store, down through a grate, where they use a magnet and latch onto a subway car and use the subway car to pull out the face, like the whole bottom half of the Tiffany store, after Goemon has done some Hanzo steel slashes on the exterior of the building. Which essentially disarms the alarm system, right? Uh, that's my understanding, yes. Even though there are, and I'm sure this is just 1970s anime reusing shots, but it is notable that when Maggie Tiffany walks into the front of the store after the heist is over, there's still power to the <laughs> the, the lights in the, in the building. I mean, well, it's emergency yeah, lights, emergency pain, power system. I don't know. Painting backgrounds are tough. It's, you can you can reuse a shot. It's fine. Point, point um, being, once they once the real the real meat of the heist kicks into gear when 
and uh, Lupin and all of his gang have these uh, light guns that they use to break open each of the cases, the jewelry cases, and then oh, steal oh, the jewelry. You're getting but, out a little bit ahead of yourself. They, uh, well, I guess I did say they pull out the entire bottom floor of the building like a drawer and then are standing on the top of the rest of the building to use these fishing guns. Go ahead, sorry. But the point being, they use these guns to... At like lasers to break open the glass cases, which then fall on the floor, which do not trigger the alarm system. <laughs> yes, the alarm system, I I would think, has been disabled by this point. Right, right. So that's all. So that's that's all I, there. Yeah, that's all I was getting at. <laughs> so Lupin and Fujiko and Gepobi, I had to look at. I have to look at my notes every time I say this character's name are using these fishing guns to to grab all of the jewels out of the Tiffany's store. And it's a successful heist. Also, apparently, it can be used as a stun gun because Lupin just friggin' lassos up Zenigata and then makes just, him pass out. Just blasts him into the back of that car. <laughs> yep. So Zenigata's not a, not a concern anymore. So they steal all the jewels, and Lupin leaves a calling card with him dressed up as Santa, that says that the jewels are in the hand of the Statue of Liberty. Um, notable, we will probably include oh, a screen cap. That's yes. what the title of the episode means. Aha! And this is especially, this is your Japanese lesson for today, but it's especially, uh, it scans because in Japanese, I believe that the Statue of Liberty is actually known as the Goddess of Liberty. Ah, I didn't know I that. Believe, I think it's Jiyu no Megami-sama. Which is huh. which just means literally goddess of liberty, and it actually in, written in English. I think it says on the note card it says goddess of liberty, not mm-hmm. statue of liberty. So there you have it. The jewels are in the hands of the goddess. Yep. Ah. Uh-huh. Yep. So he 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 made made good on his his I guess the promise to not actually just straight up steal the jewels. Yes. Follow follow the spirit of the heist and leave them to her for later. And apparently got a big, you know, supposedly got a big, big fat check. Let me... Let's hope so. Okay. Because I'm going to feel bad if I use the wrong term. But that, that's... Nope. that's okay. Do you know Megami... Megami... No, Megami Zol. So, it it just literally means... Liber, you know, the, the, the statue of the goddess of liberty. Okay, so the name is the Statue of the Goddess of Liberty. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Okay. Yep. But the the figure on the statue is known as the Goddess of Liberty. Right. There you have it. We just call her Columbia. Yes. Or Lady Liberty. Lady Liberty. That's right. Um. And yeah. that's that's the end of the episode. And I, I figured that the end credits would have something to do with the rest of the episode, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the the beach scene or whatever? Yeah, just the beach scene. I thought like, okay, there's gonna be one last little button on this episode, and no, 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 not at all, not a bit. No, that's that's just that's just boilerplate 1970s anime classic, closing. Classic Lupin, huh? All right, that's cool. Yep, there so you go. I, I actually I liked what I liked about this episode was how they really did a good job of like making it feel like Christmas in New York City, especially yeah. like uh, in the seventies and eighties. That's just the the cityscape with the snow and everything. That's kind of just what you pick when when I picture Christmas in New York City. I always think of like 
the interstitial cards on Saturday Night Live where they're at Rockefeller Center and it's snowing while the Christmas trees are around. That's always what I imagine as Christmas in New York. And they kind of nailed it here with this one. How nice. Short. I pretty much only think of Home Alone 2, but that's because Home Alone 2 is a feature of my childhood. I, well, I, I, thought of, I thought about that with this one, too, when... Um, See, I, I don't remember when Tiffany asks what's her name um, if she's staying at the, at the Plaza Hotel. Yes, and they they we never we never went there, which is a shame. Wait, is the Plaza Hotel that's a real hotel? In New yeah, that's York the home. That's the, that's the hotel from Home Alone too. That's the no, real hotel. I, yeah, that's no, that's the hotel that she sends them to, like right after they leave the Fleabag oh, okay. Motel. Okay, I, I that's it said Plaza Hotel on the front of it. I'm sure it doesn't look like like the real Plaza Hotel, well, I but have, I might have just looked away, but uh okay, so that's that's a good confirmation there. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, we we do go to the Plaza Hotel and that's also where they're setting up for the heist. Cool. So. Yep. But then there's that great vista at the end where you see we actually see the Statue of Liberty and she has all the jewels draped on, on top of her. It's a really it's nice like, vista. Yeah, and it's like Christmas garlands too, which I think is kind of yeah. what they were going for. It's yeah. it's good. And they're on a Pan Am jet, which is something you don't see anymore anyways, either. Yep. So R.I.P. Pan Am. Lots of, lots of fun little details. Lots of yeah. late 1970s details. Ah, so. Late, late 70s New York kind of uh, 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 translated through cultural osmosis, because I don't know how much they actually like went to New York to study, you know, the New York mm, cityscape in the 70s for this. I'm going to, I'm just going to guess probably not given the budget constraints but who knows yeah because also because sure... it's one episode at a, in a larger tv show so who they don't necessarily have the time to do that kind of thing yeah i'm i'm sure that some of the production staff have been there plenty of times at that point right. but also right. and like... it's it's not like there wasn't a, a wellspring of uh movies and tv shows that show what new york looks like already so exactly yeah, yeah. and go. also i believe what late teen late 1970s new york was like Getting close to like the height of crime, you know, the crime ep- or quote unquote epidemic in New York at that point too. Yeah, like, which is like where late... you get like, sorry, no, where you get like the the drunk dudes on the street and all of that stuff, which they definitely did do. Yeah, like late seventies New York was when I think of I think of like Taxi Driver, where you got like porno theaters on in Times Square and uh just the streets are like notoriously dangerous and yeah that's kind of yeah yeah they they touch on that a little bit with the first hotel but other than that it's not it's not really addressed i mean it's 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 not really the time or the place no and i get that i just i think it's interesting to yeah i just think it's interesting to like note this stuff like i and i know they they have more important things to do than to worry about how well they're depicting new york city in the 70s but like I don't know. It's just it's background details that I enjoy that I appreciate. No, it's it's interesting to think about too. Yeah, and it's okay. not like they couldn't have clu- included it because Lupin the Third is notable for having. <laughs> Sorry, you you see it in the pre- at the preview episode, but it, you know there's lots of female presenting nipples in Lupin the Third. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh Monkey Punch does did love him love him some 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 female breasts. So and both nude and non-nude. So that's if you ever watch Lupin the Third and you're gonna watch it with your kids, maybe watch maybe screen that episode beforehand unless unless you are into that, which is a judicious fine, use of the uh, fast forward button. Yes. Yeah, could get a little awkward. Um anyways. 
That is that's Lupin the Third Christmas at Tiffany's. Uh, yet again, uh, this did get HRS real release, as you might imagine, because Netflix did not exist in 1978. That's true. Um, and yeah, it, it is another rare, rare case of a Christmas anime episode. And I think this one was mostly done because there were so many episodes that they could do a Christmas themed one, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> And the the episodic nature of the the story let it fit easily and organically into the into the series. Joe, sir, what did you think about this? I had a really good time with this episode. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I liked, like I like I mentioned, sort of the way they depict this, you know New York and at Christmas time. I enjoy sort of the setup of the heist. And the way the characters kind of you know play play back and forth with each other uh, regarding how the heist is going to go down and things like that, uh, it, it was it was a very quick, fun sort of watch, and I, I appreciate that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna have to say you you might have uh, piqued my interest with this series, and I might have to watch some more. It's a it's a tight 22 minutes. It's a good it really is. Um, I would if. You, Joseph, or any of our listeners or listeners are interested in starting to watch Lupin. I would suggest the Miyazaki film. Mm-hmm. That is that is a very good starting place. Uh, it kind of starts you from square one, so to speak, on Lupin, uh, and then from there there is a there is a deep well of content to go off of. Um, a lot of people regard it d- depends on who you ask. Um, many people have strong opinions about which sort of series is the best. Did I mention this is the Red Jacket series? I think I you, did at the beginning. You did, yeah. What, is, um, what does that mean? So there's a fun little fact about the Lupin series is that often they're referred to not by, you know, series one, series two, series three, but what color of jacket Lupin is wearing. And they've done that in sort of, now it's become intentional, but at the beginning... They just, each reboot had Lupin in a different color jacket. And I believe this series too, the Red Jacket series, is the either the longest running or the second longest running okay. series of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one ran for like 200 something episodes. Whoa. Um, there are there are smaller series. More, more of the modern series are a bit more svelte when it comes to episode numbers. Um, I thought the most recent series, which actually develops a continuity, was very good, uh, personally. That may not be a popular opinion, but pretty much anywhere is a good place to start with Lupin. Um, but I would recommend the movie first, and then just basically pick a series that you like the style of, and it's it's easy to go from there. Cool. And yeah. I, I, I assume a lot of it is, is available online at one place or another. Uh, pretty much most of it is available. Um, I'm going to say the lion's share of it is probably available on Crunchyroll. I know that's okay. where I've watched most of it. Uh, this is not a, a paid endorsement, but if they do want to send us free subscriptions, we won't complain. Uh, anyhow, yeah, you can you can view most of that online uh, in one place or another. So, yeah. Sounds good. All right. And I guess the last, we can do this real quick. The last uh, metric we always use is, would you put this on at a Christmas party? Yes or no, Brad? Yeah, I think it'd be fun to put on in the background. Like well, like we talked about in the Agretzko episode, you know, if nobody's paying, like, super close attention to it and I just have, like, a five-hour playlist of Christmas specials to have on on the TV, yeah, I'd throw this in. I, I think so, too. Like, this, this is a good... 
I feel like I'm saying this a lot lately, a good change of pace, like for, for, for our, our typical sort of uh, Christmas special, Christmas episode uh, playlist, the stuff that we usually put on and watch. This is different. This is, uh, it goes a little bit, a little bit of a deeper cut, but a more fun uh, watch, I think. So um, yeah, this would, this would be a good, uh, a good break in, in a sea of uh, adventure times and whatnot. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, and I'm glad that you're enjoying this little experiment of ours. I mean, my my aversion to this stuff is is, is well documented, and it's I don't know. I'm having a hard time defending myself against it anymore. Hmm. And, Interesting that, thought. That but that doesn't I don't know. Different strokes for different folks, you know, and yeah. I mean, you're you're not I, wrong that this is a this is a fun uh, show, so I'm well, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I, that being said, just as a slight aside on anime, you you are not wrong. There is a lot of bad anime out there, like quality wise and content wise, that I'm not going to even try to defend. But that's that's true of all media, if you think about it. It, it so, really is. So it then, doesn't there, make it. Yeah, any there's something out there for everyone. Else. Yes. So. All right. Well, and, put that down as a as a positive response uh, for for Lupin the Third. Brad is slowly building the case against me to use at a later date. Since this is anime, I'm going to have to do like a Phoenix Wright style cross examination where I have all of the receipts of you saying anime is not bad. I'm going to break your will down and then build you back up as a new man. Good lord! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this has been another another stopping. It's stopping stocking stuffer. This is the stopping point of our stocking <laughs> stuffer. Uh, and I want to thank you all for joining us on this little little diversion down a side path here that we do call anime. Um, if you want to to get at us, if you want to send us an email or get in contact with us, we are on most social media by searching Christmas Creeps. We also have an email address, and that is. Christmascreeps at gmail.com, if I'm that not is, mistaken, Joe. That, that it, you are mistaken. It's xmascreeps at gmail.com. I'll get it one of these days. Sooner or later. Xmascreeps but... at gmail.com. Uh, we are also available on iTunes and Spot. Are we on Spotify? I actually don't know about that. We are on iTunes. On we are on Stitcher and YouTube and Google Podcasts, whatever that service is called. I know we're on that. Yes, we're on the Google Play Store. So if if you feel strongly about these episodes, if you if you enjoy what you hear, we would really recommend or we would really appreciate you uh, leaving a review, even if it's not a glowing review. We're always listening to feedback, and we'd we'd love to hear from you. So, if you if you want to tell us how how much of a classic uninformed millennial we are, by all means, let us know. Honestly, I kind of enjoy some of the hate mail we, rece- we receive just as much as like the the fan mail that we receive. It's, it's really fun, mostly to me, because like the people who who listen to it and then send us hate mail obviously don't understand what it is we're doing here. I mean, they like don't understand us. They don't understand our politics. They don't well, I, like it's it's full on. It's crazy. It, it, they, I mean, this. It, I mean, this. T- we'll pull back the curtain a little bit. And talk shop about the podcast, but like at this point, five years into this show, 
like either you're new to the show and you're into it, you're new to the show and you're not into it, or you've been with us for a long time and you enjoy the rapport that we've built. And I feel like that's what that's the the thing that people come back to this show for is the rapport between us and our listeners and guests and our take on Christmas. If there's plenty of other Christmas podcasts to go listen to, if you're not into us, there's a ton of others out there. The thing, the thing that gets me is that some of our hate mail that we receive, it's very obvious that they've listened to more than one episode. And it's like, I wonder how many hate listeners we have. And I'm kind of into it. <laughs> um, no, we, we, regardless of your reason for listening, we really appreciate it. And yeah. we appreciate everybody that has ever interacted with us ever. Um, like so humbling. To think that um, people put my put our voice in their ears, put my voice in their ears, uh, is extremely humbling. More yes. than more than once, like if you're listening to if you're listening to our show on the regular, you're amazing, and I love you. Yes, um, more more than five minutes because goodness yeah, gracious. Um, um, also, I guess I don't know if we want to address this or not. We actually did get feedback from our last full episode. Where I just kind of offhandedly asked people to send us their last known geocache coordinates, and somebody did it. Bless you. Um, that's funny that you made that joke. You you know that I I geocache, right, Joe? Yeah, I know. That's that's why I said it. Oh, oh, bless <laughs> you. Um, I will share my last known geo geocache coordinates at a time very shortly from now. I'll, I'll share it on social because yeah. I don't have it right at the handy. Uh, first of all, I, I guess I will say uh, the person who emailed us that uh, your, his name was Charlie. Thank you so much, Charlie. I'm not going to uh, list the coordinates because I I don't know if that like how much that counts as doxing. Yeah, say a person's name and then say a an actual physical location because the, if it's a geocache, chances are they probably do not live less than ten miles from that. It's that true. location. So and actually, other... maybe now I'm double thinking, spending my last <laughs> known geocache coordinates. Most people live. I know that I live in the DC area. It's yeah. fine. I'll share. And, them. and also, like other podcasts that I listen to that 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 used to do the geocache coordinate or they used to do like the coordinate thing. They always referred to them as ICBM coordinates. Um, so kind of weird. <laughs> my last ICBM coordinates are on the toilet in my 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 house. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's instantaneous coffee bowel movement for the uninitiated. There you have it. I drop a lot of my ICBMs in the winter. There you go. Ah. <laughs> when you All go right, ice so fishing. All right, we have we have drawn this out way too long. We've outstayed our welcome, and I apologize. This has been Lupin the Third. Uh, check it out if you want. It's a good time. This has also been Christmas Creeps. Uh, I am Joseph Wade, and I'm Bradford. Lupin's after that jewel again. Lupin's after that jewel again. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Happy Christmas. We go dumpster diving in the next episode, and instead of the usual old stereo equipment, we find a baby? Niall and Dwayne from Secret of the Sailor Madness join us for this not-so-silent night in the big city. It's three folks and a baby on the next Christmas Creeps, episode 84, Tokyo Godfathers. 